0: Welcome to God'splaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic.
1: Welcome back to God'splaining. Uh, it's good to have you. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Kress, and we're excited to have you on this ep- or have you listening to this episode. I'm joined by Father Patrick Briscoe, who. Uh, has made his way down the eastern seaboard. Uh, Father Patrick, how are things going for you?
2: After competing in the 4th of July race down (laughs) I-95, I have successfully arrived at the Dominican House of Studies. Yeah, which is great. Um, So I'm here in my uh, new dwelling place, my Mm. abode, my workspace. Uh, So it's fantastic. So my new work... uh, as some of our listeners know, is, uh, I'm full-time with Alatea, the Catholic News and Spirituality website. Um, so please, you know, that's A-L-E-T-E-I-A dot org, Alatea. Go on it. Click on everything. You don't have to read it. You just have to click on There's it. There's a That'd click great. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it Shameless. open on your browser, you know, so that it looks like you're spending a long time on the article. Um, but I, I, re- I really love Alatea. I think that it's a, it's a great publication. We've got an incredible team, and I'm really excited to throw myself into it. So... Um, you know, so the move down to the House of Studies was so that I could really just step into that work um and uh and be accessible to our team. So
1: No, it's great. I'm super excited for the work that you're doing. Uh for the great work that Alatea is doing. But we also have great work here on God's Planning, the podcast. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> um let's but back let's to you, Father Joseph Anthony. Let's no, talk yeah. about you. No, <laughs> well, my life ain't that that exciting. Um, but let's let's dive into our topic today, and this is something that I I brought up and uh that continues to come up, and I know that we all see it in, in different areas of our priesthood, um, as we engage with the people of God, and it's the topic of scrupulosity, uh, within the spiritual life, and specifically within our our life as Catholics we see it all the time in the confessional and i think that's um something that over our or over my five years of priesthood that uh i heard people talk about and i knew was going to come up in the confessional a lot or in in pastoral meetings and things like that i guess i didn't realize how common it was and how large of a burden it is for people I mean, the the, mm. the people of God are really suffering and carrying heavy crosses when they scrub, struggle with scrupulosity, not scrubble with scrupulosity. I think scrupulosity <laughs> is like a pastry, maybe, mm. uh, which that would be an interesting one. But th- when they struggle with scrupulosity, so I want to. I want to take us like kind of through a little bit of a deep dive on scrupulosity and look at it and, and kind of talk about what it is and how it affects people's spiritual life, but also then to see, like, how can we support each other? How, how do we uh, help especially uh, work the people of God work through their own scruples? So, you know, as we dig into it, um, I think the first thing that we have to talk about is what is scrupulosity? and especially in uh, the spiritual life and the moral life, we look at scrupulosity and the primary way it shows up is this kind of inability for a person to distinguish from mortal sins and venial sins. And that's where like that that kind of fine line really tends to weigh people down. So it's that inability to distinguish from mortal sins and venial sins Uh, and I think that kind of helps. Like, how do we distinguish those things? Like, what's how do we draw that distinction between mortal and venial? Then, yeah, I think
2: that's exactly right. So we could say we could say more broadly, right? Scrupulosity is a it's a form of OCD of obsessive compulsive disorder, and so people that have it are tormented by things that the rest of us aren't. You know, (laughs) I go I go to bed with a clean conscience, which is a grace of God, not because I'm angelic um but because uh (laughs) because i can sleep well so but 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 scrupulosity is a form except the nights where i face existential dread all night and just lie awake waiting for morning like father gregory um but uh but scrupulosity is is just being consumed by this spiritual anxiety right of constantly feeling guilty Mm -hmm. for religious or moral failure um and it's a kind of specter that haunts our catholic tradition Right, like we talked about Catholic guilt, and I, th- I think that sense, I think that sense of, of who we are as Catholics and what it means is part of what's in the background of grappling with, scrupulosity. But, but I think you're right, Father Joseph Anthony, when you say like if if we start talking about what scrupulosity is, we have to recognize like everything else, right? There are degrees. There's yep. there's clinical OCD uh, scrupulosity, you know, which is so great that the sufferer can barely function. And then there's someone that there's someone that just kind of struggles from time to time identifying their sins, um, you know, who who maybe needs to to form their conscience a little bit better. And so so that's what that's where your distinction, um, I think, is key. And and I think you're absolutely right to say, yeah, the place to start when we're talking about scrupulosity is to is to is to say, well, listen, this kind of torment, this anxiety, this suffering that people have comes up many times because people. Are not able. People are not able to distinguish that which is grave, the kind of thing that uh, that separates us from God, that the kind of thing that makes grace flee from our soul, and the kind of thing that is venial. Um, yeah. So maybe you want to kick around just kind of the classical definition of uh, of a mortal sin.
1: Yeah. And I, before we jump into that, like I'm so appreciative that you threw out there the fact that like scrupulosity is a facet. In, in a form of, of OCD, right? And, and that's something that um, we start to see kind of like how a person's uh, psychology does affect their spiritual life and, and how they hold on to certain things or how they, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into this a little later, but how they kind of mistrust their ability to make judgments then. And so when they do that, they all automatically jump to the extreme. And then they're like, well, then everything is mortal sin. Everything is is, is problematic, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really happy you brought that up because, like, that's that's part of the thought process That's part of the psychology that's going on here that manifests itself with spiritual terms and spiritual words and in spiritual ways. But it's a facet of kind of a a psychological struggle that they're going through. Right. And so um, as we start to make that distinction, right. with mortal sins in the classical like trifecta of mortal sins right you have to, it the action itself has to be of grave matter mm. right? itself has to be grave uh worthy of seriousness um it has to have the full intellect involved right the full act of the intellect knowing that this thing that is about to happen i'm about to engage in i'm about to do is of a serious nature in grave matter and then a full act of will it has to be freely done, and the will has to be totally involved with the action itself being grave, the um, knowledge that it's grave, and then the full uh, consent of the will. And we see then that becomes a very intentional human act against God, right? It's 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 an intentional act to move away with full knowledge of the entirety of the person. Um, you, you know, mortal sins, are, you know, are not accidents. Right? Like, yeah, I that's think. right. That I
2: think that's, that's like the best way to sum it up, right? Like if it's an accident, doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like like, you have to, you, if you're, if you're truly genuinely in your heart of hearts, ignorant of something, okay, there's no guilt there. There's no culpability. You're not responsible. Um, because you don't, as father Joseph Anthony was saying, have the full ascent of intellect or similarly, um, you know, if you're, if your mommy makes you do it or, <laughs> or you know, my brother maybe do it, uh, as my my sisters would often claim, with some veracity from time to time. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, but uh, if 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 you have not freely chosen, if there's some kind of situational circumstance, you know, you're being held up. Uh, you have the someone puts a gun to your head and your head and says, "You must do this thing." Well, you're you're not you're not making a free choice there, right? Yeah. So you have to you have to assent with your mind. You have to know what the stakes are. Clearly, and you have to choose it freely. Um, and I think those are the two biggest. Those are the two biggest. Uh, those are the two biggest things that people face. Right? We have we have a sense of grave matter. Well, Why don't you say a couple more words about that? Like grave matter. What what constitutes the seriousness of uh, uh, of a mortal sin?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be uh, kind of a direct defense uh, against the love of God or uh, the love of neighbor, like right. directly. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of times that. and and that has to like kind of then be taken in and put into reality and actuality. Uh, There are times where, uh, you know, even kind of interior thoughts and interior temptations, you know, a lot of people with scrupulosity will struggle with that kind of also line of temptation and sin and things like that. But there has to be this like kind of movement to actualization and, and to actualize this, this thing. And so when we look at grave matter, you know, there there's, definitely the age old way to do an examination of conscience is just mm-hmm. looking at the 10 commandments you know the 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 commandments of our our lord that he has given us on how to act in this way and that is showing us how to interact with God and how to interact with each other, and that is almost kind of the the pure foundation of through which the rest of our lives are built. But then as we use that as an act of uh, examination of conscience, right, these are the most important. These are the most grave, these are the most serious ways to engage with God and with each other. And so when we look at those things, you know, we have to say, like, is this a direct offense to one of these commandments, uh, where the full act of will and the full act of the intellect is engaged in specifically rejecting this way of loving God and loving neighbor? Right, right. I, and so I, so I, I, so that's
2: the first, I think that's the first key distinction, right? Is a sin, a uh, mortal or venial is a sin grave, or is it of a lesser nature? Um, and, and I think the second thing that you pointed to Joseph Anthony, um, when, when we were chatting uh, about this topic is that we have to, we have to be able to distinguish what's, what's, at, what's real, you know, things as they really are and what we're responding to in our emotional life. Right. So distinguishing, right. distinguishing right. the situation as it is, um, uh and then separating how we feel about it from that um so can you say a few words about that
1: yeah i mean whenever whenever these kind of questions come up especially in the confessional i do kind of as as quick of a catechesis on what sin is as i can and we mm. talk about that sin is in the will right um it's it's this disobedience against love of god and love of neighbor but one of the things that come up in that is that well sins are not temptations but also, sins are not passions, or emotions, or attractions, or feelings. Like, those things can be, at times, road signs along the way to help direct us, but it's our it's our will that directs our passions and our emotions. And so there are times where we have this extreme pressure of guilt for something bad in our life, whether we've caused that, or maybe somebody has caused that in our life, but we kind of mistranslate the the feelings of negativity of the feelings of guilt as well then that must be highlighting the fact that there's something bad about me mm-hmm. and that then I'm responsible for that so this like negative emotion of guilt no matter how strong or intense it is does not necessarily translate to the presence of mortal sin and for a lot of people that do struggle with scrupulosity they do carry this very heavy negative emotions about, you know, past issues or present issues or maybe fear of not being good enough, and and all of mm. these things kind of play in, and they say, well, because, man, when sin entered humanity, it kind of disorients us and turns us, as Fulton J. Sheen says, into the upside down man, and now passions and emotions have the foundation, and they overwhelm right. the right. will. And then the will says well this has to be the reality and so it's telling the intellect now this is real because this is the only thing you can depend upon. are these right. passions and emotions so when those passions and emotions are super negative in guilt-ridden then it's trying to kind of mischaracterize mistranslate to the intellect well the reality is that's because you have sinned if the guilt wasn't as proportioned intense it's a, if it was a lesser intensity, then it's obviously not a lesser sin, but the guilt you feel is so high, then it must be equated to mortal sin. And that's not the reality.
2: Right, 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 right. I think that, um, uh, you know, an- another, another kind of connected aspect of this, particularly with, with respect to the emotional state, is that once people begin to root out mortal sin in their lives, they don't know where to go in the spiritual life. Right. So if you're a beginner in the spiritual yes. life, you you start to rid yourself of a habitual grave sin. Um, well, it's actually God's grace that rids you of this habitual grave sin. Right. That's right. Um, but but once you begin to be healed from that and you begin to you begin to be led along in the spiritual life, uh, many people don't know where to go from there. They don't they don't they don't know what virtue looks like or what, what it looks like to 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 contemplate the, the higher things or the richer things. So they begin to they begin to dig down. Uh, in, into what was right, continuing mm-hmm. to continuing to carry on emotions um, from past grave sins. They continue to, to look back to what was, or when they look when they look forward uh, into the future, they uh, they they're they're forced to just conjure things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because because you're looking forward, you don't really know it doesn't really exist yet. The future, so you so you start so you start uh, fearing things that have not yet come and that affects the the emotional way that you're that you're viewing uh your current state. So if you begin again, if you begin to rid yourself if God's grace is such that he leads you out of uh these these habitual grave sins, um where do you go next in the spiritual life? Well, a lot of people don't know, so they be, so they so they obsess about either what was or with fear about what is to come.
1: Mhm. No, I mean, uh we 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 should probably do full episodes on the three stages of the spiritual life because mm. it's, oof, yeah. it's important. But the fear of what is to come, I think we should take a break and then jump into the deep for the uh, second part of this episode. So uh, thank you for uh, for listening. Stay tuned, and we'll uh, pick right up in a few seconds.
0: You are listening to God's Planning. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support.
1: Welcome back. Uh, thank you for staying with us in uh, continuing our uh, listening to this discussion and this kind of deep dive into the issues of scrupulosity. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress, joined with Father Patrick Briscoe here on the God's Blading Podcast. Um, we kind of covered a little bit about what scrupulosity is, uh, its elements, and its kind of interactions with the spiritual life, and its kind of wrestling in not uh, not making a, a clear distinction between mortal and venial sins and the kind of weight that that carries and uh, the emotional weight that that, that carries with that. Um, as we kind of talked about towards the end of that episode is I think it, it can have an effect on the future and, and what's coming, the fear that is coming down. And so a person who struggles once a root kind of, habitual mortal sins out of their life, have that struggle of saying, well, where to go now, rolling it back just slightly. Now somebody who does sc- struggle with scrupulosity, I mean, if we have some listeners thinking like, yeah, that's me, well, what do I do now? Where do I go? Uh, Father Patrick, where, where, where's the first steps to kind of saying like it, once you kind of come to that admission, yeah, you know what, this is something I struggle with. W- where do they go?
2: Yeah, that's right. So, you know, again, like scrupulosity, it looks like this, it's having repetitive thoughts about having committed a sin, um, an excessive fear of having offended God, right? Uh, you, you start thinking, uh, mulling over again and again, the possibility even that you've committed a blasphemy, um, or that you've somehow not shown proper devotion to God or that you're afraid of, you're afraid of damnation, you know, being, yeah, yeah. being afraid that, that you yourself, are, um, you know, are are going to be cast out, right? So, so, so this is kind of what it looks like. Um, and the, you know, uh, the key thing, and this is this is kind of a catch twenty um, two, for a scrupulous person, uh, is to to find uh, to find a suitable confessor, yeah. a confessor who understands where they're at, right? So, one of the things um, that that Father Joseph Anthony points out, well. Is that part of part of the the great crisis? You know, the the, the darkness of scrupulosity is that it causes a, such an intense distrust of self yeah. that that it's very difficult to rely on. Uh, that that it becomes very difficult to rely on anyone, um, mm-hmm. and and so the, an- the But the answer, though, for the scrupulous person is to have that third party person um, who is a kind of rock who can help them do battle with all of these feelings of insecurity uh, about their own self and about their own situation and state in life. Um, so, so I think that, I think that's kind of where, I think it's kind of where we're at and a confessor who understands scrupulosity well mm-hmm. and who understands the place of the penitent can be that anchor that that draws a person, um, out, out of that, out of that, uh, that suffering, that, that being trapped, you know, in, inside of oneself. So,
1: So I I think the confessional is very important. Um, And I would encourage people that when you do step in the confessional, if if you struggle with scrupulosity, call it out. Say, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been, you know, four weeks since my last confession. Typically, those who struggle with scrupulosity are not four-week confessors. They're a little uh, more frequent (laughs) than that. Uh, But just call it out right out of the gate. Hey, Father, I struggle with scrupulosity. Just so that he knows and that he knows you're aware of that. And that's right. It's really, really helpful because it's taking these things that are typically in the depths and the shadows of our psyches and our, our souls and drawing them out into the light of Christ. And so something very simple is just kind of making that explicit. Hey father, I struggle with scrupulosity. Then he knows you know, and he can actually be more active in in helping the mercy of God and the grace of God to come into that. The other thing that um, we touched on a little earlier that I would encourage is uh, finding a, a very good, uh, strong counselor who is experienced and, and great with dealing with OCD. Um, because as we talked about earlier, scrupulosity is a, a facet of uh, OCD. In there are times where issues come up in the confessional That need to be that have a spiritual and moral element to them, but there's also a very human element to them. And so, putting the entirety of the weight of this uh, this problem, this issue, only in the confessional um, is is kind of overworking. There has to be this proper addressing of the humanity here. And so, finding a good counselor to help, and those two can run parallel: a good confessor and a good counselor. Can can run parallel, and that's when true freedom is is able to be attained.
2: Right, the a priest in the confessional acts with spiritual authority, and that's the heart yep. of that's the heart of what the sacrament of confession is. That in the name of Jesus Christ, the priest uh, with the authority of the church forgives sins, remits remits guilt, and that's both uh, guilt that's due to the effects of sin. And opens the pathway for the removal of guilt, which is a feeling uh, f- mm-hmm. for healing in the heart to happen. Right. Oh. So, oh yeah. So Aquinas says that, that, you know, of course that sin has real effects. And he says particularly about mortal th- sin, that there are two things going on, that there is a turning from the immutable good. That's God. Right. And a turning toward mutable good towards lesser things. And so we have, so we have this kind of twin, a fact that we're turning away from God and toward lesser things uh, and and part of the healing from that is twofold that that we w- that we would be uh remitted both the real effects of having turned from God and the and the kind of lingering pains um in trying to su- to substitute the infinite for the finite in our heart so that so there's two levels here uh that that are going on um, and i I think both of those are really key to understand the confession remits um uh, culpability for sin, uh, particularly in the possibility to do penance to make up for the wrong that was done. And then and then promises the the possibility of of, of this deeper spiritual healing of heart.
1: Often when uh, people who struggle with scrupulosity are in the confessional, they um they need that kind of third party voice because they distrust themselves so much. They They've there's such chaos um in their own decision making abilities that they they need to hear somebody else tell them, okay, that's a sin, that's not a sin. And this is appropriate, that's inappropriate. And your penance is, you know, simple or, you know, one hour father, or whatever it may be. But it's it's that ability to um kind of give the authority or in turn to another person who has the authority to make that decision because they don't trust their own decision-making abilities. right? Right. And at times the scrupulosity can be so bad that they, they really don't trust anybody. It's like, how do they know? And I, the only way I can know is if I have that emotional feeling of not having guilt. And so I want to keep repeating these prayers until I do it right. I want to keep repeating this penance until I get it right. And it's just that, um, that opportunity to have the priest say like, no, you do this once and it's done. And it can be helpful. It's, it's hard a lot of times for people who struggle with scrupulosity because there, there's often control issues involved and to have them kind of pray certain types of surrender prayers, right? Because they have, Mm -hmm. um, this like if i didn't bring absolutely everything that i was aware of to this confession it's not valid and to get them into the habit of saying i'm going to do my best <laughs> and then i surrender everything else to the lord right. and and helping them that that slowly releases and and starts to emphasize the mercy of god can supply for where they cannot um and it starts to allow them to slowly loosen up and and release control to the one who ultimately does have control and that's god himself
2: yeah similarly i you know i would just like to offer these three points of consolation from right. saint francis de sales um you know such a master of the spiritual life but but i i think these are key right so so anyone who may be struggling with with scrupulosity you know my my hope is that you would be able to embrace these and they would they they would um offer you offer you some some liberation. So the first point from Francis de Sales, you know, is as we as we've been talking about, it speaks to that need for control, right? Um an obedient soul has never been lost, says Francis de Sales. And this is the part where you, if you're struggling with assessing whether something or not is sinful uh or or beginning to uh, beginning to fight in a serious way scrupulosity where that where that element of surrender uh, to the confessor is really important. An obedient soul has never been lost because it's not on you at that point. It's on him. The confessor will have to account to God for the things that he said and the counsel he's given, but you won't have to. <laughs> you, 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 for having been obedient, are exercising virtue and and are meriting through the grace of Christ in an extraordinary way. So an obedient soul has never been lost. The second is we ought to rest satisfied with knowing from our spiritual father that we are going on well, without seeking personal knowledge of it. So, what does this mean? This means very simply, you know, when you're a distressed seminarian, you know, just to speak hypothetically here, and you're in confession, and your your wise old Dominican father, hypothetically confessor, uh, says to you, "Don't worry about it. You just got to keep going." You have to take that to heart and trust that his experience in the spiritual life, because he is a spiritual master, because he is, uh, will, will help and guide you despite your own lack of personal knowledge. Okay, and the third point of consolation from Francis de Sales um, for, for those who are struggling with, with scrupulosity, is that the best thing is to walk on blindly through all the darkness and perplexity under the providence of God. So part of this act of surrender is, is just trusting in God's providence to arrange all things sweetly and in God's
1: control of these affairs, e- even our own uh, spiritual lives. Do that. I mean, that, and that's, that's so hard for any of us, whether we're struggling with scrupulosity or not. And I would just encourage people, like, making those small acts of trust, Jesus, I trusted you thousands of times a day. You know, every time that it's like, yeah, I'm going to continue to walk, you know, trusting in the Lord because of the providence, because I know that He loves me and He cares for me, and so here we go again. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Like that, that's that's such a beautiful encouragement, though, that like through the darkness, through the chaos, that reminding yourself that the Lord has has us in His care. You know, Amen. Well, with that, uh, just know that. All of our listeners uh, and viewers, you know, you're constantly in our prayers and we thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. And uh, we want to especially thank our supporters on Patreon. Uh, they allow us to continue to uh engage in and talk about these issues and share the fruits of our contemplation with all of you so a tremendous thank you to all of our supporters on patreon uh, we want to encourage you guys to check out our website godsplanning.org check out the new merch they're always getting a uh, new merch up there uh buy some stickers buy some sweatshirts it's all there for you it's the good stuff um You know, if you want to look fresh, put them and slap those on your laptop when you go into uh, the library and stuff, and people will ask you questions, because it looks great. then the last thing is we have a new announcement. Uh, you may have heard it and seen it on our social media platforms, but we have a pilgrimage coming up next May 23rd through June 6th. It is the Camino. So the, the famous Catholic pilgrimage through Spain um, will be, you can join God's Planning friars on the pilgrimage uh, in the Camino next, uh, next spring into summer for that. So thank you for all listening. You are in our prayers. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.